Welcome to episode number 15 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Dee, and my co-host tonight is Les. Lenore is away this week. Tonight, we're talking about our favorite workspaces and our unpopular opinions. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking. So I'll go first. Um, I'm drinking water. Um, Nothing exciting here. Uh, And I'm actually using a Stinkwood, which is not like me. Um, It had been sitting on the desk since our last podcast episode. So... It was just convenient. Um, And I'm writing in my podcasting notebook, which is a reporter's notebook. So that's it for me. What about you, Les? I am kind of horrified with what I'm drinking this week. Um, I picked up on just the spur of the moment some Bigelow pumpkin spice tea. Okay. (laughs) So I I do this thing where I brew big giant batches of tea and then I put it into containers and ice it in the fridge. So I'm having it iced, which is actually kind of delicious. If you're going to do pumpkin spice, I suppose pumpkin spice tea. It's kind of like chai, um, but not not as doesn't have the same amount of spices in it. Uh, So that's kind of it's kind of nice. It's soothing and it's nice and fall like. I've also had a pot of tea. I'm fully, fully caffeinated. <laughs> um, so I am writing with a Baron Fig Spectre, which I have purchased a clip for. Okay, I saw that. And I'm going to do a full review of the clip, but it's by this guy named Tofty on... Oh, and I'm totally blanking on the name of the... Shapeways. That's the name of the place. Shapeways. Um, so yeah, so it's this Tofty guy on Shapeways. He does, uh, 3D printed, um, flashlights and adapters so that you can use other, um, refills in your pens. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he does, he does a, um, Schmidt P180826 to a D1 refill. So a D1 refill is a really basic, small, generic roller, not rollerball, ballpoint refill. And so you shove the D1 into this adapter and you can fit it all of a sudden into your Spectre or any other Squire pen. Uh, He has a bunch of other adapters too, but what I found is I really wanted to use one of the Zebra Sarasa clip refills. Mm -hmm for like their three-way pens but they don't actually fit into through the hole the nose hole or the point point hole what the hell would you call the end hole in a specter i don't even know we're gonna call it the nose hole okay (laughs) works for me (laughs) um so you can't the the actual points of those of those gel refills don't fit through the little hole um so you're forced to use something like a d1 that um or a generic ballpoint that fits in there very annoying but um the clip is pure function it is not very attractive it's it's i will have to link to the the pictures of it on my um instagram but um yeah it's really rather unattractive it does the job though um once you get the right size like i had initially ordered the 10 millimeter 
but that fit like halfway down the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I, then I broke that one because they're also really delicate until you get them onto something. Um, I'd be afraid I'd break it. Well, once it's, once it's onto the pen, it's, it's really sturdy. You're not going to break it once it's on the pen. Um, it's when it's not on the pen that is, is a danger to be broken. Which is sounds really counterintuitive, but once it's on the pen, it really holds really, really snug. It does cover up the little the little ghost, which I miss seeing the ghost, um, and it covers up the Baron Fig logo. Um, but yeah, it's it's doing the job so far. I will do a full review of it when I get to that point. So anyway, what's exciting for you? I have a few things. Um... Some are tangentially related to stationery, and some are absolutely okay. not. Um, so I finally turned in my thesis proposal, um, which is wonderful. Excellent. Uh, my work is not even close to being done, but I get about mm. a two-week break um, because it has to be reviewed by my first two readers, and basically I have to be approved for research and all that Ooh. stuff. So one less thing off my plate, which is nice. Um, I've also, embarrassingly, but yet have no shame, have gotten back into Tamagotchis. <laughs> now, I don't remember where I saw it, but a couple weeks ago, I saw online that they were re-releasing the original Tamagotchi, because it's the 20th anniversary, which hmm. also blows my mind, because 20 years ago was 1997, and I was... Uh, sh- <laughs> hush! I know! Hush! That wasn't 20 years ago! It's like... You know, I was 17. I was just, I had a Tamagotchi. It was wonderful. So I, uh, I kind of like got bit by that nostalgia bug. So I actually have some of my older Tamagotchis. So I put new batteries in them and I've been playing with Tamagotchis and it's actually kind of nice to have something that is not a cell phone to kind of carry around with you. And Hmm. it's kind of fun because if I see people my age or a little bit younger, they're like, oh man, that's really cool. But I brought it out on campus like I was in class and I was like discreetly feeding it and like a classmate was like oh my god what is that that looks so cool and I was like oh it's Tamagotchi and they had no idea what I was talking about because they were born in 1999. Oh my god. So it's kind of cool that like the Tamagotchi might be reintroduced to new generations but it also Mm. made me internally scream the fact that there's people that don't know what a Tamagotchi is. (laughs) so so yes and then finally i haven't really had time to read much um but i was cruising around my sci-fi fantasy websites that i go to for like book reviews and stuff like that and i saw this anthology reviewed which is perfect for me because i don't have a lot of time to read an entire book Mm. um it's called meanwhile elsewhere um it's a collection of stories um written by trans people and all the stories feature transgender characters as the main, you know, like character of the stories. Um, so far, so good. Um, it's a, it's an interesting mix of things. Some are super sci-fi. Some are like horror. Like, um, I've gotten a couple stories in, but it's, it's really just a change of pace for me. Cause a lot of times when I've read sci-fi fantasy, um, you know, transgender or queer characters are, are in stories, but they're always kind of like secondary or like 
the anomaly and not necessarily in a negative way, but like the, you know, unique other gender that you can be, you know, like the, where this is like empowering, um, the characters, you know, um, really kind of take the lead. So I'm look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to finishing it because it's been good so far. Um, so that's it for me. What about you? So thanks to Tenby Tim over on Erasables, I have been hooked on the Robert Galbraith series, um, which is actually J.K. Rowling um, writing under a pseudonym. Um, and the main character's name is Cormoran Strike. So I read the first one a while ago, and now I just got The Silkworm, which is the second in the series. Um, and I'm about halfway through that, and they're really quite good. I was really surprised at how well it's written um, and how just really readable the series is. Nice. I'll have to put up my list because, I, like I said, I don't have time for books now, but eventually I will. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun series, and she's got quite a few books out in it so far. I think there are three or four Um but yeah, it's worth the read. Um, I am also in doing NaNoWriMo again this year. Uh, I have spent today, as we're recording this, catching up. Because I took... I, I did really well the first two days. And then screwed around on Facebook on Friday night. <laughs> so I'm catching up for... For Friday, not writing at all, and and doing a lot of writing today, and hopefully tomorrow I will do enough writing that I'll have a nice little buffer for the next week. That's what I tend to do is on days where I have the ability to write for longer, I try and I try and bank some some extra words. So yeah, I'm having I'm having fun writing that, um, and I I'm also so. The really kind of bizarre, exciting thing for this week that is new for me is The Train of Thought by Baron Fig. Now, when when they sent out the email saying, do you guys want this for review? I almost said no, because the outside covers, which is what was really featured in the in the email, are really childish. Yeah. Or so. I no, thought. I agree. That's why part of the reason I said no. Yeah, you know, they're just so, like, it's like, they're really, really childish. They didn't, they, it didn't really appeal to me. And then I thought, well, I could do the review, and you know who would really like them? My nephew. And so that was my train of thought with it. And then I got them, and it was like, whoa, those are super trippy, like, 80s acid flashback on the inside. Like, the outside is just really sort of childlike and cute, Mm-hmm. But once you open them up, there are like weird aliens. There's the poop emoji. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, there's the <laughs> yeah. There's then on top of that, there's a flying donut and lips with a tongue out. Like it's really bizarre. Like they're really trippy. Um, did I send you pictures? No, but I have like oh. I didn't see the inside because when I got the the advanced email i don't think there were pictures of the inside i i that's i i i i think you're right i think that there were no no pictures of the inside so i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you a instant message with 
if I can find you. Everyone's been asking me for, for pictures because I posted on the Baron Figs fan fanatic group. Um, so everyone's been wanting pictures. So I'm going to send you the insides. All right. Um, they're very weird. I like weird. Um, I, you know, I do too, but I kind of wish... So so here's... I, I'm going to go off onto a tangent for, for a second. That's okay. Um, and this is where I think... Baron Fig is kind of hitting it out of the park. So, first off, not all of their collaborators have been white guys. So, their last two collaborators have been Asian dudes. Um, they, the askew was done by a woman. And so, you know, they used to be, like, super bro. Mm -hmm. Like, that was, like, my feeling about Baron Fig was, like, man, it's just, like, a bunch of bros and meh. You know, like, I always... That's how I kind of felt. They had this very spare aesthetic very clean and very masculine yes no i agree that was my biggest complaint i think if you go back to maybe our earliest podcasts i think i even said that explicitly yeah i think we did i i well i know we did we had we had a, like, a very long discussion about how Baron fig was super masculine and now they've kind of gone into this realm of fun and weird mm -hmm. and i think that's where they're hitting it out of the park it, it's very young and youthful and playful which when you compare it to the aesthetic of say palomino which is as i've said before crap my dad would like which isn't to say anything bad about stuff that my dad would like my dad likes some pretty cool stuff yeah but that's not necessarily something that i'm going for no i do you know what i, I mean agree. like i i'm a very big fan of bright colors um no, it doesn't have to be, like, super ultra-modern new current, but, like... Right. I want something that... And most of the people that know me know that I like bright colors and neon. Right. Something that's going to make me want to pick it up and use it. Right. And I, I think that's really where Baron Fig is hitting it out of the park. They're really doing a lot of things that are super fun, that are bright, that are playful, um, and different. And I think that's going to do... It, and is doing really well for their brand because they are just doing something that is entirely different than all of the other stationary brands that are doing pretty standard stuff or pretty typical or expected stuff. I mean, even at this point, I think that, that Field Notes is doing things that you expect them to. Yes. The place where they're really doing things that are different is in their collaborations, like with XOXO. And I don't know, like Dime Novel is cool. I have yet to hold one in my hand. Um, but at the same time, like it's really old fashioned. Yes. I don't know. No, I, I agree with you. I have, I have the same kind of feelings. Like the, my most favorite editions of like field notes are like, you know, the XOXO editions uh -huh. or, um, like the unexposed edition. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just, uh, pulled a, an unexposed, I, I keep, so this is super nerdy. I keep a spare field note or pocket notebook in my bag in case I'm going to need something for just garbage notes. Um, and I, I didn't realize that it was an unexposed and I pulled it out as this like, fluorescent orange i was like oh man i forgot how much i loved these and then i opened it up and it was the reticle graph inside and i was like oh my god 
I love reticle graft. I, I forgot how much I loved that. Um, so yeah, I, and you know what? Another, uh, field notes that I really loved was the two rivers. I thought there was something really fun about that in, in a, in particular for, for people who are printmaking nerds. Um, those were just super fun. Yeah, I agree. So anything else? No, I just wanted to ramble a little bit about why I think Baron Fig is really doing something cool right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad because I was not even going to lie, going to kind of write them off as just up oh, another, another bro, bro stationary thing. Right. And they've, they've really, in fact, if I were to put together all the station specialty edition stationary offerings they would probably be at the top of my list right now yeah they're just doing so much that's so cool and so different the only thing i would like is perhaps and this is totally mean it'll probably never happen find a different pencil manufacturer uh yeah yeah i have to you know what what is always just so disappointing with the vyarco pencils is that they are capable of so much more their um watercolor graphite is a thing of just beauty they are it's so creamy and so smooth it glides onto the page why can't they do that in a regular pencil i know it's every it's all so gritty and gross yep <clears throat> not a fan no, not at all <clears throat> so let's let's um get into our main topic this evening um we kind of have a two-part topic um we're going to first talk about our favorite workspaces and then shift on to our unpopular opinions um so starting with our favorite workspace um for me it took me a while to kind of think of the answer to this because i never thought that I had a favorite workspace until I thought about it. Um, it really depends on what I'm doing. Now, if I'm doing schoolwork, which is pretty much everything I've been doing lately, um, I have a favorite coffee place in a town next door to mine. It's a coffee place called The Roost. It's pretty much heaven for me. It has everything I need. Um, their coffee's really great. Their menu is good a lot of options. Um, and because I go there so much, the staff is super chill and, and knows what I need and wants. Um, and the aesthetics are really, really, really like comfortable for me. Like, I think that's part of the challenge, at least for me, finding like a outside of the home workspace is finding somewhere where everything kind of just goes together. Um, so, you know, the, in fact, a lot of the pictures that I take that I post for my blog or that I just post in general are taken at the roost because the lighting is perfect. The just, you know, everything about the, the setting is, is good and it's not too busy and it's, it's by design. The cafe does not have any outlets to charge your laptops. So while some people may freak out about that, I have a Chromebook that lasts eight hours. Right. So... Um, so yeah, so it, it kind of, they turn over tables pretty quickly. So it's nice that, that it's never like jam packed in the evenings. It gets pretty busy just cause it's a college town and they serve beer. So, um, so for personal work, like blog stuff and anything else that's not schoolwork, 
I'm kind of a homebody. I, there's really nowhere else I go. I, I usually do work in my office at home. If it has to do with something that's kind of technical and I have to have things like laid out or if I'm doing a blog review and I have to like, you know, take some extra pictures or use the product a little bit more, it's my office because it has everything. But I do most of my work in bed. <laughs> so, and it's really the opposite of what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything but sleep in your bed and other things. Um, so... But I get a lot of work done there and it's super comfortable and usually I'm a late night kind of person. So I'm doing work, you know, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So when I'm tired, I can just shut the laptop and go to sleep. Mm. Um, and like I said, that's usually stuff like if I'm typing up a blog post or, you know, researching something on the computer, um, bed it is. So that's huh. that's pretty much my jam i i really don't um i i don't do much work like like i don't have a job that requires work like it requires work it's a job but like my my job leave stays at at work when i leave um so, so there's no extras and with my school work like i said if it's not being done at school it's out it's done outside the home because i cannot get work done at home and that's something else i want to discuss if you're if, if you feel the same way less, like if you're doing something that's not necessarily for complete pleasure, do you find that like you can't get work done at home? Um, no, I can get work done at home. Well, you also have a I, home um, where I have an apartment. Yeah. So maybe. Well, even, even when we had an apartment, we always had either a space set up for doing at home work because I've always done work at home, if that makes sense. Like I've always, I've always had a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So I always needed a space to work, um, whether like at home. So like when I was doing arts and crafts and like, I always had a space for that. And at one point when I was, you know, moving around a lot, it was usually a corner of my bedroom. I, you know, I'd have one of those folding tables mm -hmm. and I'd have that set up in the corner of a bedroom. Um, and then my stuff would be in totes underneath it. At one point I had like the, those industrial metal shelves that you can buy in my bedroom. And, you know, people thought it was weird, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't like the whole apartment isn't mine. I can't set that up out in like the living room because my roommates would freak out. But yeah, I always, I've always had a space to work and I've always been able to do work at home. Um, but when I'm writing, I tend to like to change my atmosphere. So like I have my Bluetooth keyboard, it pairs with my tablet and phone and I can take it anywhere. Um, for at home, I can, I can move around anywhere in the house. I have this crappy little folding table that was 20 bucks at ocean state job lot. And I've put little felts on the legs so I can literally set it up anywhere in the house. So sometimes I'll have that in the living room and I'll sit there with the dogs um, just looking at the fireplace. Um, actually it's a, it's not a fireplace. It's a pellet stove, but it looks like a fireplace. Uh, same difference. Yeah, it is. It is a little, it's a, it's a metal box full of fire. Um, so yeah, I can take that table anywhere in the house and I can work with my tablet and my, and my Bluetooth keyboard. Um, but you know, sometimes I need to be out of the house. Like when I'm working on blog, 
blog posts or anything like that. I enjoy going down to my local cafe too. Um, fortunately, I've found a cafe, or actually a cafe is open called Crave. I can walk to it from my house. Their tables are a little high for me, but I'm also, you know, short. So almost every table that's out there is too high for me to comfortably write at. So a lot of times I'll have my keyboard in my in my lap typing, which is also not great for, you know, carpal tunnel and your wrists, but it's better than sometimes being at the table. Um, so the, the vibe is just right for listening to music, sipping coffee, having a little pastry, and and really churning out some some stuff for the blog. Um, I have yet to work on NaNoWriMo there. I might do that tomorrow. Um, and one of the things that I really miss from being in school is that the art therapy grad students had their own art studio. Oh, nice. It, yeah, it was, it, it was a nice big room with big windows, great light, and no one ever used it. Um, it was, it was set aside for the the art therapy grad students to use, um, from a certain time to a certain, like no one else could use it as a classroom from like 1 PM until the building closed, but no one used it except for myself and a couple of other grad students. Like we would go in there, we would set up and we had a closet full of, you know, not really great, but we had art materials in there. Um, so it was, it was a nice place to just sort of like sit and study. The tables were at just the right height so that you could sit and study and read and you could type at them. Um, so that I, I really missed that kind of space where it was set aside for certain groups of people and then other students would come in and we'd all study together and chit chat and make art. Um, so yeah, that but that's that's like personal work. Um, so for my work work, I rotate offices. I play I play musical office. Okay. And whatever office is available is the office that I end up using. Um, and so all of the offices at my workplace, the desks are from pre computer years. The they're antiquated. They're too high. For anyone to really type at. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, also I'm super short, so it's even more exaggerated. So even when I do have a desk chair that adjusts, the, the, the desk still come up to like my shoulders. It's really bizarre. And a lot of the offices don't even have a computer to work at. Okay. So I find myself doing less work in those offices than if I had a, a, a desk that actually fit me comfortably. So I, I will really quite often do a lot of my work in my boss's office at her desk that is originally designed not to have a computer on, but it's way too low. It's <laughs> like the whole setup of this place is so, so strange because everything is just set up really oddly. And it's like this mishmash of desks and things that they've brought in and purchased here and there and everywhere. Very strange place, but but anyway, yeah, that's that's my 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 work setup. Nice. So, what about your unpopular opinions? All right. Well, I have a few um, <laughs> that are stationary related because I have many <laughs> non-stationary related. 
Um, <clears throat> I think my, I mean, they're really in no ranking order, but the first one that popped into my head was the fact that I truly enjoy a sharp hex. Um, Ew. I know, right? See? The worst offender, I think, is the Musgrave test scoring pencil. Yep. Um, and then the Musgrave Ceres uh, pencil, or I think that's how you say it. C-E-R-E-S. Ceres? Yeah. That also has a sharp hex. Um, but there's a reason. I mean, besides the fact that I, I also just like it. Um, it... <laughs> When I write, and I think I mentioned this in a blog post, I rotate the pencil Mm -hmm. um, because I tend to press pretty hard. So a couple lines in my, the tip of my pencil is kind of slanted and then I have to, you know, rotate it. And and to get an even rotation with a hexagonal pencil, what I do is I rotate it one side of the hex at a time. So the sharper the hex, the more precision I have. Um, it seems like it's really not that important, but it, it works well. And, um, you know, it, yes, it causes this weird, like, I kind of have this permanent blister on my middle finger. Like, it's just, I've had it since I was a kid. Cause I hold my pencil, I think differently than some people. Like, like I hold it, um, if I'm holding it, my middle finger and my pointer finger are on the pencil. Um, I don't hold it so, like, it's resting on the side of my middle finger. So, mm. so yeah, I mean, but that's worth it to me. So, mm. that's probably my first really unpopular opinion. It I've maybe met two other people that enjoy a Sharp X. Um, my second is that I really don't like fountain pens. Um, I have one, so maybe I just haven't used enough. But I just, I feel like they're just a bit fiddly. Like, I'm kind of an impatient person. And I, like, I'm the worst kind of person to build, like, a model car or, like, work on a puzzle. It just, it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get impatient. Even with painting. Like, five minutes in, I'm over it. So, um, you know... You know, if I want to change the ink frequently or if I want to maintain it, I have to like, you know, rinse the pen out and do whatever you do that, you know, it just, mm. I don't know. Maybe if I had several and they were inked up with different inks and I can just grab what I needed, it would work. Mm. Um, cause I think the fountain pen that I have, it's a, it's a Twisby. It's not like a crappy, uh, pen, you know, but I just, you know, and, and when we met last time, like I was talking to you about mm-hmm. the nib and, and you showed me a new way to hold it and it was working for a while, but again, it just became fiddly. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm tired of writing in purple. Let me change the ink. And like, then I was like, let me not because I don't feel like doing this. Right. So like I said, I'm not a, I don't really practice anything mindfully. It's a problem. <laughs> That's a whole other episode, <laughs> you know? And I just, I feel like, I feel like the fountain pen is is almost like the mindful writing utensil of the stationary world. Mm. Um, And I really wish that I could change that. Maybe I can in the future. Like, I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, But I just don't like them. And because I don't like them, I don't know much about them other than a layperson would know. So I kind of just glaze Mm. over when people are talking about fountain pens. 
I wonder if you might prefer a cartridge converter fountain pen where basically you could pick up a fistful of, say, diamine um, cartridges and just pretty much swap those out whenever you want to change colors. Yeah, I had thought about that. Um... You might like a Pilot Kakuno mm -hmm. more than you like the Twisby. I'll have to I'll have to look into it. And I even thought about getting the the even cheaper ones like the Platinum Preppy. Mhm. Mm you know. Yeah, you might like that too. The only problem with the Platinum Preppy is that um you have to get the platinum cartridges or you have to get a converter. Okay. And if you're not liking the Twisby's uh waiter of filling mm -hmm. um with changing, then you're going to come into the same problem with the platinum okay. converter. Well, I, the other thing is also you could just, you know, eyedropper the whole thing and just dump out the bunch of ink back into your um, sample container. Mm -hmm. And that would be an easier way for you to fill that. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll give it another shot. Maybe I'll, I'll get a different pen um, and see how it goes. But as of now, I'm kind of just like whatever like i'm not you know they really don't they don't do anything for me um so and then i think my final unpopular opinion and this kind of is not as unpopular as the others because i i feel like a lot of people feel similarly um in some fashion but i don't like bullet journaling like at all um I tried and I did for a period of time and looking back, it was kind of silly that I was, I, I think, I think my issue again, is this goes back to my impatience about life. I was tracking things, my mood. Um, I was writing down, um, you know, these tasks that I had to do and what was due when and all that stuff. And it was time consuming right. and it's kind of funny. I bring up time last night, Jean and I were talking she was getting on on my back because I wear like the same like seven or eight shirts and four pairs of pants. Like I don't change it up. That's a problem. I, th I, yeah, I, I guess. So then we got on the topic <laughs> of talking about people like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg that wear the same thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And that would, I wish, I mean, I could do that. But like, that's the kind of person I am. And, and the reason they do that is for efficiency. It's one less decision. Um, and I tell, you know, it's almost like when Gina has to go to work, she gets dressed in five minutes. When we're going out for the weekend, it takes an hour. Right. You know, where me, I grab what's on top. And if that happens to be the shirt I wore two days ago, then so be it. Right. So, no, um, going off of that, there is, and I'm going to need to find the article there's a woman at some, I don't know, fashion magazine that read about doing a work uniform. And so she went out and she bought 14 copies of the same white silk shirt. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like a dozen pairs of the exact same pants. Mm -hmm. And then like shoes to match. And she wears the exact same shirt and the same pants and the same shoes to work every day. I would love that. Me too. So I I do a different version of that. Like I have four pairs of the same khakis 
in different colors because where I work, if I wore the same color of pants every single day, it would come across as bizarre. Um, and then I have, I wear, um, the golf shirts, the polo, are they called polo shirts with the three buttons and a collar? Yeah, that's what I call them. Yeah. Okay. So the polo, like the polo shirts, I, I have like a half dozen of those in a variety of different colors. Um, that go with the pants that I have. And I tend to wear them. I wear the same pants every Monday, same the next, a different color on Tuesday, and then the same thing on Thursday, and then the same thing on, 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 um, Wednesday and all of that. So then on Fridays, we're allowed to wear jeans and I wear jeans to work, but I pair it almost every single day with a polo shirt. Yeah. I mean, and isn't that liberating? It is because I don't, I, and this is, I came into that same issue of every morning I would have to think about what am I going to wear today? And it didn't take me a lot of time to figure out what to wear because I don't, I'm not high maintenance, but you know, like when I go to work, I, it's just grab this pair of pants and grab this shirt and nine times out of 10, the shirt and pants that I grab, they're going to match. Um, so it, it really, and so occasionally I pair it with a sweater. I put, put a sweater over the whole thing, except for I, I have a green sweater and then I have a blue sweater and I don't wear the blue sweater when I wear Navy pants because they, then it's, I'm one big Grover. (laughs) Um, and and so, yeah, so I, I avoid doing that because I know that it doesn't look right, but the green shirt with the Navy pants, um, the green sweater with the Navy pants looks fine. So I have, I have options, but yeah, the work uniform, it's, it, it works. It's helpful. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, it's, it sounds silly, but that extra thought power can just go into something else. So, so yeah, so getting back to the, the bullet journal thing, (laughs) I, I just, I found it to be exhausting and. Yeah. I'm so idealistic about these things and I think the only thing that semi worked for me for like a week was the pig pog yeah. PDA system. But right now my my thing is just I have a field notes notebook and I use it as an assignment book in the front mm-hmm. and then in the back, starting backwards, I use it as like a catch all for things. Right. Um and that seems to work best. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I, I just don't. And like, it, it just, it gets, it gets frustrating. Cause I wish I could be one of those people that can sit down and like be thoughtful and, you know, mindful of what they're doing and enjoying life. And I, I'm not that, I mean, I'm enjoying yeah. life, just not that way. <laughs> oh. So that's it for my opinions. What about yours? So I've come to two conclusions and I always had thought, and I don't know if these are necessarily unpopular, but I have in my mind that they are. I really enjoy round and triangular pencils. Well, they're unpopular with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think that they get a lot of, especially the round pencils when the number one came through, really seem to get a lot of flack on the erasables group. And... I always thought I didn't like round pencils and I realized I really like them. So yeah, I enjoy round pencils. Um, and another thing 
that I found is that the triangular pencils, I'm, I always think I don't like them. Okay. And I have, I bought the um, Nataraj Tricones. And I friggin' love them. And then I also, someone sent me some of the Dom's triangulars. Okay. The Zoom, Dom's Zoom triangular. And those are awesome too. And I just really like the, how they're um, set up. Yeah, I mean, triangular pencils, I don't hate, hate. Because it still gives me something to work with. For my, my mm. rotation technique. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just could never get behind round pencils. Even even before I did the rotation thing. Because I felt like my hand was sliding down a lot. Like writing. Mm. But also I think that's because of my grip. Because I do grip with, with my middle finger and my pointer finger on the side of the pencil. That, mm-hmm. that it kind of just... It doesn't work for me. So another thing that it seems to be... I, I don't see it as overall unpopular, but it seems to be really unpopular among pencil folk. I love my fountain pens. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I picked fountain pens that aren't fussy. Okay. Because I like to be able to just squeeze out the ink and put in more ink and change colors. Um, and I don't, unlike a lot of people, I do not practice good fountain pen hygiene. Okay. I don't, I don't rinse out my pens that often. Um, I leave the same ink in a pen. I have a pen that I've had the same ink in for a year. Oh, wow. Um, and I just, every time I start to run out of ink, I just fill it back up. I just, and I also happen to like, it's the um, J. Urban uh, Emerald of Chavor, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, it's a, it's a fabulous ink. It's glittery and it has nice sheen and it's teal. So it's a favorite. So I just leave that in the same pen. Um, And I use it over and over and over again when I write letters. But it's also, it's, I don't find it to be a particularly fiddly ink. And it's also not a, in a fiddly pen. It's in a Twisby 530 with a medium nib. I've never had a flow problem. I've never had it clog. It just writes and writes and writes. Um, I'm also a huge fan of the Platinum Preppies, which... Once you get into, like, people being fountain pen friends, fans, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the Platinum Preppy, eh? Yeah. Like, it's it's a $3 pen, but it's fantastic. It just writes, and it feels great, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. So, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy my fountain pens. The other thing is, they're really nice if you have carpal tunnel, because you're forced to write lightly and not death grip them. And you have to be gentle with them. Um, so the pen sort of glides over the page. You're not fighting with it like you would with a ballpoint. So you don't have to like gouge it into the paper to get it to write. Um, and it really does seem to help my wrists. So I think you enjoy using it, but you also have a really good reason for using them. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, it, it makes me think about when I use pencils to be lighter with my touch. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of why I don't want to totally give up on fountain pens, because I really, really, really wish that I could stop pressing so hard for a couple of reasons. One, it's not good on your wrist. And two, right. I go through pencils like crazy because I'm pressing so hard. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, so it, it does. It really it makes you think more about how you're writing. I agree. So the other thing is, I'm like you. I really can't get into bullet journaling. I really want to like bullet journaling. And I use some aspects of it in my current notebook system. You know, I have um, a month-to-month page in the front of my of my pocket notebook. So I have the little rubber stamp where I stamp the month stamp. And then I keep track of the stuff that I have to do on certain days on, on those pages. And then I also track all the blog posts that I'm working on and the days I want them to post. Um, but the rest of my, I just, I can't do it. It's a complicated to-do list. And I really, when I do to-do lists, I just want to write a to-do list and go from there. Exactly. The only thing that I do use from the bullet journal is um, when I migrate tasks onto a new list, mm-hmm. which I really think is more getting things done or work clean method um versus bullet journal i use their little migration icon which is a greater than sign as as to show that i've migrated it and not completed it okay on off my so yeah i that's that's the only thing i can really stick it stick with with bullet journaling otherwise it just it's just a complicated to-do list i can't get into it and i i would love to get into it because i, I so i have joined probably a dozen bullet journal groups on Facebook and then left them. Okay. I mean, granted I did, I did join the, uh, Brojo. <laughs> yeah, me too. And the, what was the other one called? I forget. The, the masculine bullet journal crap. Yeah. Um, because you know, bullet journaling, there's nothing feminine about it. It was created by a dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a crock. Um, I, but anyway, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I joined those groups and like laughed at them and then left. And then I joined the LGBT bullet journal group. And I, I'm still in that one because I haven't left it yet. But I will, once we get done recording, I'll probably go leave that group too. Um, and then some of the other groups are just about like sharing pictures of your setup. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more about sharing pretty pictures than it is about the actual bullet journal. Yeah, like, it's almost like, and, and we talked about this, I forget what podcast it was, but about how, like, I was sucked into that whole, like, aesthetic of, like, posting a picture of, like, your beautifully drawn out calendar page and then, you know, embellishing every post or every, you know, entry with some kind of fancy calligraphy. Like, I feel like that's what the groups that, besides the bro journal, because I don't even think the bro journal is even active that much. No, it's not. There's hardly any posts on it. So, um, so yeah, like, it's just pictures. I mean, I have Instagram for that. You know, Facebook to me, I mean, yeah, I post pictures too, but in groups, like in specialty groups, it's more about the conversation. Like, that's what Facebook's for. If I want to just post pictures, I'll post them on Instagram. Right. So I, I agree with you there. Um, I don't know. I think maybe the bullet journal was good before everyone else started talking about the bullet journal, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, it, it was cool before it was cool. Yes. <laughs> Hipster. Yeah. So I think that... 
like anything else, when mainstream kind of gets a hold of it, it becomes this buzzword and then it, it morphs into so many different things and now you're with something that's less utility, more fancy. Right. So, you know, I, I agree completely. Yay, we agree upon something. We have a common unpopular opinion. <laughs> Instead of opposites? Yes. Um, is there anything else that you uh, wanted to add? or? No, I think I... I think I got all my all, I got all my stuff out. All right. All right. Well, that's our show for this evening. Um I want to take a moment to thank everybody though for their support and supportive words on the website and Facebook group. It's really great to get so much support from everyone, especially since at least for me, um we're doing this just kind of for fun. Um mm. I really like the community that we've kind of created. I find that yeah. the RSVP Facebook group is getting posts that I think some people wanted to post in erasable, but they're not pencil related. So there's this like somewhat, you know, taboo feeling of like, I don't want to post this in erasable, you know? Right. And so we're kind of generating just like this secondary conversation and there's kind of just like, you know, a little bit of an overlap. Um, but I just want to thank everyone um, that continues to support us um, you can find us at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. And for me, you can find me, D, at theweeklypencil.com and at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at theweeklypencil. What about you, Les? You can find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at the same, and Instagram and Twitter as original LC Harper. All right. Well, that's a wrap. 